Welcome to this episode of Scale is Needed, everybody. Um, woo! <laughs> for those up? watching, or for those listening at home, I should say. For those listening at home, can you hear them? Because they're quite, they're loud. I can't stop looking at them. Uh, I'm shirtless right now. Yes, for reasons that Armin has legitimately not explained to That's us. That's right. You know, we this actually surprise. don't know the reason. This is maybe the 10th? Tenth time I've came over and Armin's just shirtless for no reason. So I just, I just do this sometimes. It's kind of I'm used to it. At it's this part point. of my grooming process for Chase. But more famously, <laughs> friend, friend, friends of the podcast Armin's nipples have also joined us um, as they often do when Armin takes off his shirt. So the saucer nips are in full effect. Yeah, and they're actually mm-hmm. the the heart of this story. Yeah, their names are Oatmeal Cookie and Wagon Wheel. <laughs> it's everything but the kitchen sink and oatmeal raisin. Uh, Gross. So, it also appears that for again for those of you just listening, really remarkable feat. Um, Armin, do you shave your chest at I all? I do not. You don't oh, shave your chest. So the only really? chest hair that Armin grows is. Is ne- nests yeah, nests his nipples? His nipples yes, sit in a nest of hair, and right. otherwise hairless man. Yeah, occasionally yeah. if it gets too much, I do trim the nipple hair. It's, it is it, and it does get too much. But you I don't you don't know what nipple hair is. I yeah, wasn't planning. <laughs> I wasn't planning on being shirtless today. Yeah. Um. The reason why I'm shirtless is, is not because you, I'm. You I'm, started TRT. And you wanted to show off. And now you're just feeling weirdly the, confident. You're like, everyone the, should see my fucking muscles. Do the Alex Jones thing. Just be shirtless. With <laughs> yes, the exactly. Yeah. Just like, I am man. I mean, we could get you high, Armin. I, I'm fine. Thank you very much. Uh, Talk about some goddamn alien lizard child molesters. Oh, damn it. I demonetized the podcast. <laughs> really the reason did. why I'm shirtless right now is because my nipples are horrifically chafed. And mm-hmm. no matter what shirt that I wear, mm-hmm. they, they hurt true. a lot. Mm. They hurt a lot. Have you thought of like a some sort of blouse, something that blouses? Yeah, something more a like blousing material. Like, the problem is you've seen them. Yes, they're large. Yes, they uh, make contact with basically everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is not a shirt or yeah. upper body uh, material in the world no. that does not make. Con- I'm well, actually my nipples are making contact with all of your shirts right now, yes. and it's a little bit painful. Yeah, our, should, our, this very simple solution of this problem vaseline band-aids over the nipples isn't this better though no uh, it, it is better for us now <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to hide that stuff uh you don't hide that stuff from the pond but just band-aids over the nipples now it'll be considering all the hair around those nipples it'll be pretty rough taking that off but i think that can get you through the day <laughs> so it'll be fine so uh, my nipples are chafed because last weekend I was in Cookville, Tennessee. Ah, pranked! You got pranked, and didn't you? You were getting purple nerfed by Ray, Richard by Richard Froning right before he gave you a swirly. Maybe he gave Almost. you a swirly and purple nerf. Uh, no, I Indian so, rug burn. Oh, you like that? On my, don't you? On my nipples, <laughs> both hands. <laughs> 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 Uh, then he swirled both of your nips in two separate. Yeah, toilets. took my lunch money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two adjacent toilets he had installed with the plumbing. He's very handy, is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. And so he could put those toilets. He's like, I remember from the last time you were here, and I've always wanted to do this. So <laughs> he built a torment barn just for you. And so your nips. I was I was in Cookville for the Mayhem Classic, which was which was pretty dope. And uh, I actually stuck around a couple days extra. And on the last day that I was there, Tuesday. I spent the entire day with Matt and Tia yeah. and they started their morning off with a 6k run because that was the, an event that they'd been announced for strength and depth. Oh, well, that's and it. So you're trying to give us some of their fitness by radiating it towards us through your nipples. Yeah. It, yeah. It, do you feel fitter? Cause you were in their presence. Uh, uh, all that time? Absolutely. Every time I come back from cooking, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to train three times a day. Fuck yeah. it. No, uh, but it's no, like, I was I, it's like, it's attainable. I yeah. think if I just lived that life, I would be right there with them. I was like, you know, uh, we, we make fun of people for thinking it, but every time I go, I'm like, that's the difference between us. They work out more. <laughs> <laughs> that's how seductive it is. That's how seductive it's the it is. the only difference, dog. No, that's the only difference, man. That thought has never once just, it's, crossed. It's, that's the only, the, only, the only difference is consistency. The only difference is consistency. Yeah, that's if it. I just some consistency, a little bit of consistency for five, six years, I'm right there. Yeah, that's five, six is the difference, by the way. That That is the difference. <laughs> so uh, the, <laughs> the, uh, the point is, on Tuesday morning, I wasn't really planning on it, uh, but I was like, oh, you guys are going to go running. I'll come to, to the house. I'll, I'll meet you guys there. Um, and I thought it was, you know, they were going to, run out and whatever and then it turned out that all of them were running it was mm-hmm. like 
Tia was running, Matt was running, Shane was running, Sammy was running, and the, it was, the option was run with them <laughs> or just sit in the car Be a little bitch. for 40 minutes yeah. until they get back. Uh, you know, and I was like, have a story. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to run with you guys. And, uh, I had already packed to leave cause I was leaving that night and I was wearing my BRP shirt. I was wearing the pocket tee, which is a hundred percent cotton mm-hmm. and, fucked up. and it was raining. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, no. so by the time that this, this run was over, we ran about three and a half miles. By the time the run was over, Your nipple was in the pocket. Of the pocket was, <laughs> dude, <laughs> you had it fallen off and you just picked it up and plucked it into the pocket. You know, when like, you know, when you first start chafing, you're like, I can kind of feel that. That's that's probably going to sting later, and then it's it's only like after it kind of dries and chafes over. I've never run that far again. Okay, well, yeah, it's the secondary chafe that really gets yep. you, and that's what's been going on for the past couple days. Mm-hmm. So you guys have to stare at my nipples. Did you immediately? <laughs> hour. Did you immediately rub salt into it? Because I hear that that heals stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. we can try it right now in the pod. <laughs> You, you guys want to rub salt on my nipples? Let's All right. do it. Let's do it. Uh, then we need We've to upload this podcast too. to Pornhub <laughs> because it's the only way it's going to be monetized. And we need info. We need feedback from you guys. What fetishes do we need to hashtag two, this video with? Two bears, salt. Uh, uh, and what Armenians. is Armin? A seal. Let's call you a seal because you're very smooth. A dolphin. A dolphin. <laughs> two bears, salt the nipples of a dolphin. Holy shit. <laughs> it's even funnier it's it's way better it's way better when you put it out to the universe like that uh so yeah so yeah (laughs) so i uh i have i have very painful and sensitive nipples right now Mm. and uh you guys have to pay the price for that yes yeah it seems okay i think the run made you weaker and it made all of them stronger I think they brought. I think they brought you there as fitness vampires oh, to suck what little fitness you had and had imbue it with themselves. Effect. There, what if that's what they do. What if they're actually fitness vampires? That's why Rich keeps bringing them all up there like that. Is because he wants them to. Uh, he wants to take the their strength. Yeah, he like took. He took all the. Uh, he took all the shoulder and knee and hip health from Dan mm. Bailey and just absorbed it into his body. I think we've mm. uncovered the key. Why is he Rich so good out of James? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he took James's eternal youth. <laughs> so many so many fit people came to train with him one after the other rich kept doing fine they did less well he has china chose tan it's it is it is a dangerous it's a dangerous world matt mm-hmm. hewitt is still super fucking fit i was he watching is. him at the mayhem classic man what yeah hewitt fuck? is hewitt is definitely still fit and he he, he still lives in cookville still does he his just thing. doesn't but, associate with but but Hew, hewitt is a familiar though they don't they don't suck the blood of their familiars of their familiars <laughs> yeah that's true it's like Renfield. Of, it makes me think of what what we do in the shadows. You guys ever see the, what we do? Yeah, in the shadows, yeah, the type, yeah. What they, They're always he's always like, okay, so when when am I going to ascend to be a vampire? It's like soon, yeah, but yeah, yeah. first do my laundry. Oh yeah, the lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, That's good. Yeah, so Mayhem Classic was pretty dope. Uh, I came away with uh, a lot of good times and two chafed nips. And Hell so yeah. mm-hmm. here we are. They're in a box the in the closet. Right they, are. <laughs> they are. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty I cool. I can't stop making full eye contact with your nipples the whole they, time. That they are making eye contact right yeah. back at you. It's like one of those, uh, it's like one of those uh, uh, paintings. Yes. Where no matter where, where you you're go, the turning, the, not, the eyes are looking at you, except instead of the eyes, it's my nipples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My nipples, it's weird. They're both, they're cross-eyed and not cross-eyed at the same time. <laughs> See, made, made you look. <laughs> the look uh, on Chase's face was so contemplative. There, he's like, "Oh, they are." Yeah, well, it's <laughs> interesting. Not, it's, no, it's not cross. I clearly wants a lazy eye there. Yeah. They're away from each other. It's yeah, both lazy, lazy and not lazy yeah. at the same time. It's like until you do this, then they're cross-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. Uh, yeah. So, um, well, yeah, it was pretty cool. So, uh, so how was Cookville? How was all that? How was Froning? How was it was cool. I mean, the event the event was cool. Uh, it was definitely it's like a. I feel like they tried to do something new and a little bit different than what we've seen other sanctioned mm-hmm. events do. Like they basically I talked about this at length on Thursday. I did like a whole live like mm-hmm. recapping mayhem and you know grading their performance and stuff, which I watched. But Cliff's for Cliff's benefit. For Cliff's benefit, I'll just go. I'll give you guys <laughs> very the, busy. I'll Armin. give you the Cliff notes. <laughs> yes, I'll do the Cliff notes. Holy shit. <laughs> All right, quick, Chase, give us the Cliff Notes intro music. Bennett, go. Cliff Notes. Yeah. All right. Let's that was do pretty it. dope. Fuck yeah. Uh, yeah. So they did. They basically modeled their 
event after making the best live stream possible, which is usually the opposite of what you would do in like a first year of an event, because that's usually the most expensive part. But if you look at like how an event can make money, mm-hmm. it's like online qualifier uh, at the gate for people showing up, uh, merchandise, mm-hmm. um, sponsors, backstage pass broadcast right Mm -hmm. those are basically like the five pillars of Mm -hmm. running a business in terms of like the event space with crossfit right Mm -hmm. they didn't have an online qualifier because they used the open they couldn't sell a lot of tickets at the gate because it was at rich's gym Uh. the sponsors wouldn't be interested in paying for what they usually do which is you know like uh footprints to sell stuff because there aren't Mm going to be people there uh he already sells a ton of merch anyway, so that's not going to make any difference. Mm-hmm. And all that leaves is really the broadcast. So they mm-hmm. really focused on like, okay, what's the scalable portion of the business? The broadcast is a scalable portion of the business. Mm-hmm. Let's build the entire thing around the broadcast. So if you yeah. watched it at all, if you saw it at all, like no matter what angle you were looking at, you could see these giant banners for all the sponsors. It was like Theragun up against the Advocare. wall. Advocare, mm-hmm. Reebok, and like mm-hmm. Defiance Water or whatever that is. I don't even know. I'm not 100% sure what it is. But it's like, you know, all of these big Defiance sponsors. Water brought to you by Advocare. <laughs> I felt, I thought maybe that was the case, but I don't I don't think it's actually an Advocare. I think it's a separate thing. If you um, squint, you can see the Advocare blimp in the background. That's right. The, <laughs> it's like, anyone else notice that this, if you rearrange the letters in Defiant Water. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. uh, so, yeah, so basically they built the entire thing. Like, all the in-person um, booths, there were a couple that were like selling stuff. But I can't imagine they they really sold very much because there was only a few hundred people there. But the 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 big sponsors all had like experience type mm-hmm. booths. Like the water thing had like a mechanical bull. Get wet. Something like yeah, <laughs> a mechanical bull. What did I say? Uh, <laughs> the uh, one for the ladies. <laughs> ladies love it. Uh, the Reebok <laughs> tent booth thing was doing um, a cornhole tournament. For like two thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. They had an interview with the people that won, and they were just like, "We we go here anyway, so we're just gonna pocket this cash." Uh, and then yeah, so like, and Theragun was just like mm-hmm. brat everybody who was walking by. Nice. Uh, so everyone was nice That's and so loose accurate. and goosey. Um, so basically, they they built the thing around the broadcast. So they spent a ton of money on bringing mm-hmm. in like all the old like games and regionals broadcast people. They brought in, you know, like Rory was the host of the thing. Mm. Uh, Tommy and Sean were the the uh, commentators. Nostalgia Kiki was bomb. the on, yeah, it was like Kiki was the on floor, mm-hmm. uh, you know, action. Um, mm-hmm. They had the same producers uh, as like uh, the old like games and Reebok feeds. They had, you know, the, the Tony Budding was the, doing all the media. The bu- <laughs> yeah, Tony <laughs> Budding was there with like his drone. No. Uh, the they had the buttons at the end of the lanes, which was really cool. Super sick. Um, so it's like they, they kind of leaned into the broadcast as their main product. And I think, you know, I think most people really enjoyed seeing that. And part of that was like rich and the team were doing the events in between heats. So like they would do exhibitions for what the events were, Mm -hmm. which was pretty cool to see. And on top of that, rich was on that feed commentating every other event. Was like, he really? Yeah, they'd be like, hmm. and joining us in the booth right now is Rich Froning. I was like, how How in the fuck is this guy, like, how does he have breath right now? So, <laughs> so it's funny, you just talk about Rich's weekend. So people were like kind of giving him shit because mm-hmm. he was doing the same events as like the individuals were. It was, it was only an individual beating all and of beating them. everyone. He only lost, he only so, took second place in two of them. Yeah. One of them was like less than two seconds, mm-hmm. and the other one was like not that big of a. Yeah, it was Tola, right? Tola yeah. crushed him. Tola beat him one. in the last event by you know like maybe ten seconds or something like that, mm-hmm. and then uh, someone else beat him on on like the lunge and sandbag workout by like two seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Rich, some people are giving him shit. They're like, "Man, what are you doing? Like you're you're like taking away from these athletes by like mm-hmm. you know making yourself the show." And I was like, "Well." That's what people want to see. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Like a business decision. Like Rich is the the big draw here. Absolutely should be, you know, showing off what mm-hmm. people want to see. And he has to do the same workouts because he wrote all the workouts for the for the event. So it's like mm-hmm. if he's going out there for an exhibition and he's not doing the same workouts, people be like, What the fuck are you doing? Just watching you work out. At least mm-hmm. like it has some comparison. That would have been great though. But yeah, well, <laughs> people were giving him shit. They're like, Oh, he's he's coming in there fresh and he's beating them. He's not doing the same workouts as them. And I was like, false you do not know what is actually happening because 
this they're going out to so we're recording this sunday the 19th mm-hmm. next weekend is strength and depth and the team is at strength and depth so the team is now tasia and rich who live in cookville oh yeah china who lives in the bay area mm-hmm. and scott panchik who lives in ohio right ohio, forgot about panchik it is so panchik mm-hmm. panchik and china were there mm-hmm. they came down to the event they were training in the mornings before the events started. So they would put in two to three hour long training sessions early in the morning before anybody else was working out. Not yeah. at the not at, at the barn. So they to would, warm up. To warm up. And then they would show up and Rich would do every single individual event. And in between individual events, he would be in the back lifting. Yes. So oh, the, wow. the guy never what? stopped. Yeah. So so, like, so the individual events weren't enough of a workout for him that day. The, he the had man, to get, he had to get his lifting program in. The man did what the man wants to do. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and that includes being incredibly fit. Imagine having muscles that hungry that you're just standing around and you're like, oh, all the pump is gone. I I did. I just did this whole event. I've worked out six hours, but. Oh, my pump is disappearing. I gotta. I better head over to those weights and get some stimulation. Get it back. It is really crazy. Yeah, he's really crazy. He's wild. It's it's a wild. But I I think I figured out how it works. (laughs) First, be Rich Fernick. Second, number one. If you can't handle that part, then you know, good luck. But jump the step D. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I think the secret is actually that. Bless you. Is that exactly lots of creativity? I thought it was lots of creativity. It's that he doesn't. Uh, oh, nice! That awesome. was a hell of a snot rocket there. Rocket. Um, it's weird that he's wiping them on my shirt. <laughs> Listen, Guys, I, that's going to be worth more someday. I had I had jalapenos with my eggs, and yeah. I think I just mm. touched my eye. <laughs> oh no! It's, it's killing me right now. Gonna right, gonna I'm going to survive. A, we're going to take a pause. No, no, I'm no, just going to come back with a fucking shirt. But wait, wait, I'll survive. Well, I'll still survive. have jalapenos. Well, you still have jalapenos on your fingers. Rub them on your nipple. See what that does to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exfoliation definitely. Weigh in. Should we upload this? In fact, I I give anyone permission to rip this video and upload it to Pornhub with gross hashtags. Please I do, do not. It. I do not. We <laughs> we claim all money, monetary gain from this upload to Pornhub. So we are the sole owners. Two bears. That money comes back to Arm and Hammer TV Entertainment. <laughs> for for Australian fire relief. There you go. That's how. That's. How. Jesus. Uh, we're going to get kicked off Instagram. Now. What you don't know is that this is all for charity. I'm actually uh, shirtless here for charity. If I don't you donate $10 to save Koalas, I'll send you a we'll picture of my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we need to do that shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the other naked philanthropist. Um, Gross. What was I saying? Rocking. Rich. Okay, so Rich, uh, the, I think I figured out how he does it. All of his workouts are super aerobic. Mm-hmm. So for him... The workouts are basically like the equivalent of like a marathoner going for a 5K. Mm. It's like hmm. pretty easy cruising pace. Mm. Now, how you get to that point, <laughs> I don't know yet. I haven't figured that part out yet. So he's but got, I, got to the point where he can do 30 toes to bar and, uh, I don't know, 50 kettlebell swings in a workout and zero muscle stimulation, all it's aerobic. All ju- yeah, it's all just his lungs, which mm-hmm. probably go from, you know, the, the, the bottom of his goatee. To like Ooh. his knees. <laughs> but think about <laughs> it. But think about it. It's like imagine if your work capacity just so exceeded your own body weight and just the structural capacity of your body to hold up things, your bones and stuff. You just your work capacity was so far beyond that that essentially any workout was a jogging pace. <laughs> essentially any there's no ramping it up. It's just any workout you do, you're essentially cruising. Yeah. Because there's no ceiling. And you just happen to be cruising sure. faster than yeah. everyone else can sprint. Yeah. Yeah. It totally makes sense. Now that that is the that's the trade off though. The trade off is and we saw this at Mayhem. None of the events were sprints. Mm-hmm. Like there was nothing like acid bath, unless you're Tola, and it's that last workout. That's right, unless you're Tola, and you're mm. like, oh, I, I, nothing will ever slow me down when I'm, it comes to I'm, handstand pushups and cleans. So I'm working with fifty percent of my max for the yeah. last bar, and he was still walking back and forth. The, the commentators were really harping on Tola for like mm. walking from from uh, station to station. They're like, man, at this point, I would have expected that he'd be running. <laughs> it's like, nah, nah. <laughs> nah, no need to do that. Uh, yeah, so that that's the trade-off. The trade-off is there's no sprints. The trade-off is that there's nothing that that you know goes 
It's like a huge, gigantic aerobic base. Mm-hmm. Tons of peak in the fitness world, but not super worried about you know being able to do like a one k sprint or like mm-hmm. a Fran or like a Fran because it's like he could do a Fran mm-hmm. as fast as he possibly could, and let's say it's like two o five, whatever. He, he mm-hmm. has the levers for something like that, or he could do it at like two fifteen. And then wait a minute and do it again at two fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's the that's, that's the, the difference. That's the difference, right? That's what because all of his workouts are built that way. I think I talked about this when I came back from Cookville, like after the games. It was like all their workouts are mm. basically built like that. Mm. It's like twenty one fifteen nine of something, or like two rounds of fifty and fifty, or whatever. It's like something like that, mm-hmm. and it's you go, I go, uh. and we'll do it five times. Mm. It's like here's a here's a six minute workout, and we're gonna do this five times. And mm-hmm. in the end of it, we'll have like you know sixty snatches at one eighty five, and you know ninety muscle ups in there, and mm-hmm. like it's just like crazy amount of volume. But there's like interval; it's all interval work, mm-hmm. so it has to be aerobic. It, it can't be like super high power output the entire time, where he's just not gonna be able to make it through. Mm-hmm. Interesting, hmm. but. The thing is, is if you don't do that type of training, it is very high power output. <laughs> and you're like, I'm getting fucked. I don't understand. Yeah, and that's the that's the kicker, right? The kicker is you have to have you have to have like a kind of ridiculous level of aerobic capacity to begin with to you, survive you, that. That you being have, said, go ahead. Go saying, ahead. That being said, uh, another th- another lesson to potentially learn. I think that especially a couple of us at this table could learn is just to infinitely scale down your implements so that you could you know exploit like a workout form like that but you know just with like a 45 pound bar and you're doing snatches or something like that because as uh, i've been returning to working out let's make this about me uh we've been returning to working out recently all right uh, but and it's been really fun to like just because I'm like ah, I'm fucking around in my living room I have like a, a barbell old rusty I call it <laughs> um, a couple plates a couple dumbbells or whatever Rustangela. and what's been interesting is just to realize how much I can work myself out what was it <laughs> Rustangela yes exactly uh, the thing is um, it's been interesting just to see how you can work work out without having uh, without having access to basically a bunch of fucking steel plates and a bunch of fucking bumpers around all the time and how it recalibrates this thing where I would normally be like I'll do this with a light weight 95 pounds and it's like well that's enough weight to put to make it hard for mm-hmm. me to continue especially considering how deconditioned I am whereas I was just like doing a kind of hang snatch workout with like a bar and push-ups and it's like I could just do this forever it feels like and it's kind of fun and it's like and I feel like I can go and go and go and do a bunch of volume and it's like if I were in a gym I don't think I ever even would have considered just working out with the barbell and the barbell alone so anyway that scale down that is true uh Yep. I, w- I would say that's probably the biggest pitfall that pe- we've talked about this before. Yeah, yeah. The biggest pitfall that people like kind of are, are trapped into is the idea that like 100% of the time you have to go at mm-hmm. 100%. You got to do all the things too. You have to do that's uh, 100% pitfall. and you got to do all the all the things. Yeah, yeah. That's another pitfall. I'm thinking back to Rich's early training videos and stuff in 2010, 2011, seeing that that seems to be the way he has worked out. Pretty much forever, working out all day, every day, but never burning himself out to a hundred percent. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's an accurate way of looking at it. He he, he yeah. probably I, I will say he probably used to do because on the individual side of competition, it's much different. There's mm-hmm. much more demand of like a, a different type of fitness. Mm-hmm. So he probably used to do way more things that were like exclusively weightlifting or exclusively skill work Mm -hmm. practice for you know this movement or something he doesn't do i think the only thing at this point i would say the only thing he does that's like a uh just single modality thing is capacity work Mm -hmm. if he's just running or just biking or just rowing or whatever it is that's the that's probably the only thing he does that's single modality everything Mm -hmm. else like if he's lifting heavy he'll be lifting heavy at the end of a workout or he'll be Mm -hmm. just throw in some lifts here and there. Like he, he doesn't, he doesn't squat. He doesn't squat heavy to, for the sake of squatting heavy. Mm -hmm. He doesn't do any sort of gymnastics work for the sake of doing gymnastics Mm -hmm. work. If he's going to be lifting, it'll be in the middle of a workout. Like he'll do, you know, on Wednesdays, every Wednesday is like bench and rope climb day. Mm. 
So it's fucking gross. Every Wednesday is like <laughs> pushing ev- and pulling. It's because mm. every Wednesday is also aerobic capacity day. So uh-huh. he they run and he follows it up with like what's not being used when I'm running? Well, my upper body. All right, so let's push and let's pull. Let's use it both ways. Right. So he he'll do, you know, that was the, that was another mm-hmm. workout that I was there for. He did like ten eight six four two of bench mm-hmm. with ascending weights. Mm-hmm. And two legless rope climbs after each one, mm-hmm. and he did that. You go, I go, for three rounds. Uh, so he ended up doing, you know, what is that? Fifty-five, N- not a hundred and no, it's uh, ten, eight, six, four, two is thirty. So he did oh, ninety ten. bench mm-hmm. of oh, like oh, various. Ten, nine. No, he did like uh, various weights, uh, like ninety various mm-hmm. weights of bench press and thirty, you know, legless rope climbs over the course of forty-five minutes. I did that mm-hmm. as well, and it's like. Yeah, it's it's uh it's pretty it's a pretty interesting way of training, and that's how he goes heavy. And I actually asked him, I was like, "Hey man, when's the last time you did like skill work?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I don't even know." <laughs> he's like, I, I've, "I have no idea." He's like, "When the heavy weights show up at the like if we do a one rep max at the games or whatever, he's like, I I haven't maxed anything in years. Mm-hmm. I just do whatever I feel like I can do. No, he's no. like, occasionally I lift heavy, but most of the time if I'm lifting heavy, it's in the middle of a workout." You know, have like 225 pound snatches or whatever. It's yeah, like, yeah. Okay. I think that maybe what we're learning is between what's between these two examples, just Rich Froning and Sam Dancer, who I think are good physiological analogs for us. For Great all examples. humans. That's right. Uh, is Throwing that all you have to do, too. just a little bit. Yeah, perfect. Just a lot of lightweight stuff, keeping it easy, breezy, etc. You know, wearing Speedos, yep. a lot of sun exposure to the nipples and... And you will stay healthy. But broadly, yeah, I'm more and more just less fascinated with got to get back in the gym and get under 500 pounds again. And more like, I kind of like being able to move my knees and my hips all the time, especially as I'm getting older. So that's what it's all about, man. I think so. What I'm saying, basically, now that we've cracked the code, you're retiring from the CrossFit Games stream? Uh, The opposite. Now that we've cracked the code, you know, scaling all this kind of stuff. Five six years of consistency. I'm right there with Rich. You're right there. <laughs> I'm right yeah. there. You're right there. I see no difference. In comparison, by the way, I spent I spent uh, a full day with Matt and Tia mm. after Tia had already won. That the sounds main miserable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was actually super dope. And uh, Matt trains slightly differently than that. Mm-hmm. And I think it, I think it has to do obviously with demands of like the individual competition versus the team competition, mm-hmm. and that he has a demon inside of his soul that doesn't let him not kill himself. Probably something <laughs> like that. But no, they train super hard. So, and, so I guess uh, the main difference is that he sacrifices a small animal before every day of training. Is that it? <laughs> if you call a child an animal, then yes. <laughs> if he did do that. I would not be at the liberty of talking about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's just hypothetically say no, he doesn't do that. <laughs> He's not full of mongoose blood, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> what? <laughs> Shockingly specific, Kyle. Uh, They're very fast. No, so uh, <laughs> Matt's training. Uh, so he gets his programming from Shane, Tia's husband. And uh, it, it's like, it's what you would expect. Mm-hmm a games athletes training to look like it's like eight or nine pieces long and some of it's like weightlifting some mm-hmm. of it's warm-up some of it's conditioning mm-hmm. some of it's cool down and skill work and just kind of all sort of blends together into like a big two and a half to three and a half hour long session basically mm-hmm. um but the the interesting sort of comparison is that where you know matt is he's lifting weights He's mm-hmm. doing barbell cycling for the sake of barbell cycling. He's doing, you know, kind of like these accessory work style workouts. Mm-hmm. And then he's doing Metcons and stuff on top of that, like, you know, event type Metcons and stuff. And granted, my peek into their training is very specific because mm-hmm. he's getting ready for strength and depth as well. So he was doing, you know, movements and workouts that they thought they would see at strength and depth, that sort of thing. Um, but it's just interesting to see that, you know, Matt is still crushing it when it comes to doing, you know, like lifting and stuff. And mm-hmm. he's still crushing it when it comes to doing like, uh, intervals. Mm-hmm. Whereas Rich is basically, you know, mainly his volume of workout is like, yeah, I just, I just do Metcons <laughs> a lot of them. I do a ton of Metcons. Yep. Um, so yeah, there's, there's definitely a, there's definitely a difference between the training there. Mm-hmm. Um, CrossFit works. That's what we've figured yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Three yeah. on, one off. Hmm. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Yeah. It's finally been proven. 
But uh, three hours on, one hour off, <laughs> every day, around the clock. Exactly. Jesus Christ. That's that is that is the takeaway. That is the that is the front. That's the only difference between us and them. That's right. That is one of the only differences between that level, us and in, them. And in that sense, it is about consistency. If you can consistently work out 24 hours a day forever, then you will get there or die. So, I, I well, and either way, first. you will merge with the infinite. Speaking of someone, yeah, speaking of someone who, who apparently is, uh, you know, trains fucking consistently and mm-hmm. kills it, Jocko was in Austin. He was, he was, he was here to do a leadership seminar that I was so lucky to attend because my company paid for. Did you, uh, <laughs> did you get after it? Oh, I, I got after it. I got after it Good. hard there. Although I looked like, I looked like the least inclined person to get after it there. I saw a lot of, a lot of shaved heads, a lot of people in, um, I don't know, uh, much more, um, much more serious attire, Not backward cease. ball caps. <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 no. You were there with Nazis. A lot of shaved heads, a lot of serious attire. I think what you're trying to say is professional-looking people. It's professional. But, but the adjectives that, aren't getting us there. A lot of people, people that refer to other people as civilians. Let, let, let me, no, no. Here, here's, here's the tenor of it. Here's the tenor of it. Is I was uh, in the, uh, it was at the Paramount Theater, so I was in the concession line to get uh, Diet Coke, and my intention was to get a Diet Coke and peanut M&M's. Yeah. But, I knew you were going to get M&M's. But, but <laughs> being in line there, just seeing all the people around me, and just thinking about all the people to be around me, and I was sitting there. I was like, "If I got peanut M and M's, I'm eating peanut M and M's. I'll look like I'm not getting after it. And <laughs> everyone here is getting after They're it. All I just, I just I, that, that just won't make sense. I just won't fit in. They is, haven't had peanut M and M's since birth. So, so is I, anyone so in went, the concession line getting after it? Though that's the question. Yeah, were you the only person in the concession line? You're like, let me get an extra large popcorn, please. <laughs> I think we had uh, no. I didn't see. I saw hardly any food or popcorn. There was a little bit of booze, but that mm-hmm. was about it. That was mostly yeah. what everyone well, was getting. Guys getting Plus, one guy it. was just eating a turkey leg. <laughs> wow. There was one dude just doing push-ups in the corner. Yep. Like, you're, I'm not going to let you, Jocko Willink, stop me from doing my push-ups. Yeah, that's right. In the middle of uh, the uh, like, someone's uh, watch went off. Beep beep beep, and then he just jumps into the aisle, starts doing burpees in the middle, it's sort of like praying to Mecca, but that's fitness. right. Yeah, that's the main thing so. we're missing here. This is all happening at 4:30 a.m. as well. <laughs> <laughs> Doors are locked at 4.30. If you were not in the room at Please tell me it actually was yeah. like at the butt crack of dawn. Oh, it, I wish, well, I wish I could say it was. If it had been, I'd be the only person there who'd been up since the night before, whereas everyone else would have woken up at 4.30. That yeah. wouldn't have been the main difference. But it was normal time at night, and it was all fun. It was uh, lots of insightful leadership stuff, but it was done in a in uh, also a bit of a performance art style where he walked mm. out onto a darkened stage, onto a spotlight, and sat down on a desk and read a letter, and, you know, just all that. It was very very performance art to it. But, you know, all, all that's, I'm sure, valuable business stuff. Go see it. It's, it's good stuff. But the main thing I was focused on is I I'm obsessed with the relationship between physical performance and overall masculinity and head size. Yeah. And how does head size relate to the rest of your body size? All right, there? so what's your read? Uh, well, first of all, I had thought, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Seeing him in podcasts, mostly from the uh, chest up there, I was wondering, would he be a Joe Rogan type guy or would he be different? Because Joe Just Rogan... HGH'd out belly... And uh, a gigantic head <laughs> attached like a strangely proportioned fit body. Pretty much, pretty much. I say, if you've seen Joe Rogan in person, there he is. Yeah, he is a uh, he is a tiny troll man with a giant head and a teeny body with very out out of proportion there. So that's very, no, what, he means, what he means is very long arms and short legs. Yeah, yes. very long arms, very short He's legs, very like very big yeah. head. Like uh, so yes. I was wondering, would Jocko be the same thing? Because you can clearly see Jocko's head is enormous. <laughs> I would say his head looks like a cinder block. But I think that would be an insult to his head. It's like clearly it was head versus a his cinder head, block. His head would win. His head is like if you taped two Josh Brolin heads together <laughs> into oh one shit. head. He's he's running two Brolins. He's, he's, that's he's a gigantic like, head. Yes, that's a two he's Brolin head. Two yeah. Brolins. It's like it would be like if Cable and Thanos you duct tape both heads together <laughs> into one head, just duct tape them together. That would be Jock. Jesus uh, okay, okay, so he has a giant head. What we didn't learn about his body. Tell us about his body. This was the shocking thing. I was expecting to see a head out of proportion to the rest of his body, but when I saw him up there standing full length, guess what? 
It's proportionate to the rest Wait, of them. So that motherfucker is huge. Too? His body Wait, you is also t- huge. You mean to tell me the super soldier Jocko Willink <laughs> is a fucking super soldier? Indeed, <laughs> I can confirm. I can confirm. Like the actual yeah. universal soldier. Yeah. Unlike unlike Joe Rogan, unlike Josh Brolin, he is a man who lives up to his head size. Mm-hmm. The, his body, his body his and his head, head are his body and his head are a unity. Yes. Uh, his body lives up to his head's reputation is what he's saying unlike how, certain yeah. other so people. how, how so big that, is he what's your what's your uh, i don't think he's huge i think he's about six feet tall ish mm-hmm. and then two <laughs> holy uh, shit six feet tall ish and you know probably like 240 pounds of fucking so, something yeah. like that. Of yeah, yeah i'd yeah, say probably. 230 240 he's Jesus basically he's basically the size of a of a wwe wrestler there oh he can't no, he's not tall that big he's not tall those guys are like 610 no 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 well no those are the freak wwe wrestlers oh. the, the the, the meat and potatoes WWE wrestler, they're all like six six foot to six foot two, like 230 pounds. So you're telling about. me he's like D-Rob size. Yeah. Who, who is D-Rob? I think D-Rob's probably bigger. Yeah, probably, probably bigger. D-Rob, D-Rob's like 250, 260, but he's dense. Thick is what we're saying. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait till I get to the life, that life path once, once I'm done with CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Just get fucking massive and yeah. roll on the mats. Yeah, and wake up at four thirty. Take a picture of my watch and go back to bed. Yeah, just TRT licking out of my eyes. Oh Jesus! My Christ, tear yes. ducts just overflowing with juice, <laughs> just weeping turt. As <laughs> so I'm just doing push-ups. Every morning and I get bars. up at three and I cut down six trees and I go back to sleep. <laughs> just, just the all, test is calling me. My whole body is just one, uh, just hard cock all the time. Dude, it's a gift and a curse. That jawline. Yeah. So he, his 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 entire persona, his entire body lives up to the jawline, huh? His body lives up to the jawline. That is the body you would Shit. fantasize would be the body that would fit that head, but you think it couldn't be real. It his couldn't. It couldn't, is, it couldn't be that good. His head is a is a is a proportional replica of the pyramid of Giza. It's just very <laughs> wide on the bottom <laughs> with that jaw and goes to a point and just all bricks. It's a proportional. So replica. you're saying he's actually a sexual tyrannosaurus? Yeah. I'm saying he is the first sexual tyrannosaurus I've ever seen in person. Goddamn sexual, sexual tyrannosaurus! tyrannosaurus. Yes. There must be others out there. There must be others out okay. there. Speaking of warriors, um, but spiritual, warriors. spiritual warriors, not Navy Seal warriors. And now that we had a tragic loss, uh, I'm wearing a shirt to commemorate it actually today. But Neil Pert of the band Rush, the greatest band of all time. Died uh, over the week, uh, the course of what was it like maybe five six days ago? Yeah, last anyway, week. Sucks. Monday. Huge, huge Rush fan, and uh, he like uh, previous spiritual warrior uh, before him, David Bowie, kept his illness secret, and so it was a huge shocker to everyone, including his biggest fans like me, that he was in fact dying. So he is gone. So listen to Rush this week. Apparently, uh, Rush music is streaming like crazy, which is not necessarily surprising, but it was a fun little article I had seen that on Spotify, Rush music had. Uh, Increased in its streaming, uh, something like eight hundred percent over the course of this uh, last week. But mm. uh, Neil Peart, everybody, I believe it. Lyricist and great of Rush and greatest drummer ever. It's very important yes. for everybody to yeah. pour one out for your homies yes. and air drum yeah. the uh, drum solo fill from uh, Tom Sawyer. Yeah, and to it's give very you important. to give you some indication, he uh, we were just watching Cliff and I were watching this. Uh, he kind of did this really elaborate drum solo, drum composition near the end of his life. I don't know if it has a, it probably has a, a, a an actual name. I have no idea what it is. Uh, but he is just this long, elaborate drum solo, which is very impressive and and in classic sort of Neil Peart Rush fashion, changes between all kinds of different styles and time signatures and kind of takes you on this whole tour of the world thing. And we actually listened to not only watch it, there's plenty of videos of him performing it live uh, recently online, but then also uh, we watched a uh, drum teacher kind of do this cool breakdown thing of uh, of that drum solo. And he talks about how the drum solo itself kind of takes you through this little history of the world and how different patterns he's playing are like quoting different jazz records or different Latin things or Damn different improvisations that he's quoting and improvising on and tying them together in interesting ways. And he has a whole like synthesizer board that he plays on and he adds melodic elements. It's all really fucking dope. Neil Peart, everybody. That's yeah. super sick. Yeah. It's a big bummer. Word. But, you know, we'll we'll always have Rush. We will have Rush. Holy it is, it is an etern- yeah, it's an eternal trinity that will never go away. 
Oh, yeah. Unless it's like that one Danny Boyle movie where everyone forgot the Beatles, but there was only one guy who remembered the Beatles, and then he had to recreate all the Beatles music. Except oh, yeah. that recreating Rush music would, would be, be tougher. Very, very tough. Hard. Yeah, I couldn't sing like, what anything. Was, like, how, what was the start of YYZ again? Well, it's very simple. All you have to do is look up the, uh, look up the Morris code for the letters YYZ. Uh, so... Did you guys? Did you guys ever see Rush live? Uh, yep, we saw them on the Vapor Trails tour after their first big break. After Damn. Neil Peart's daughter died in a car accident and his wife died of cancer, uh, they took a break uh, for several years and mm. returned with the That's album uh, Vapor Trails. Uh, and so we saw them on the Vapor Trails tour. Yeah, back wow. then. So I I can't say I am like a super fan of mm-hmm. Rush. You guys, you you seem to be a very very big super fan of Rush. I definitely had a phase, yeah, kind of late high school, early college, where I was mm. that's about, super, super, super. It, it was the first band obsessed over after Metallica, so yeah. it was the Metallica oh, nice. wave in high school, and then the Rush wave kind of picked up almost immediately after it. There, mm-hmm. I I saw them I saw them perform live once uh, at the Gibson Amphitheater in California before the Gibson mm-hmm. was like torn down, and they played for hours. Yep hours it is it is mind-blowing that they were able to put out it was like Mm. the output that they had it was the same thing with prince i saw prince Mm. live once and i was exhausted i was like i need to leave i've seen the songs (laughs) i want to see i don't recognize most of this music you're still going strong god knows when this Mm -hmm. is going to end i need to leave (laughs) i uh, never that when they on the vapor trails vapor trails tour this was their first tour back after a long time off they played a very long set in fact it was more like two sets where they would come out and play for a long time and then take a break and then come back and play more and i don't know if we ever got uh, explicit confirmation of this but the set decoration was a bunch of uh, a bunch of uh, laundry machines, like one would see in a laundromat, with like clothes tumbling in them the whole time. So I think it was a some sort of commentary, perhaps, on just the fact that it was a three-hour concert, so they were getting laundry done during that really long period of time. It was a long wow. sit, but it was a really good fucking show. Yeah, yeah, they really crush it. Mm-hmm. They really do crush it. Yeah, Rush everybody. I would, I'd, I <laughs> yeah. would have loved to have seen Rush, but. Missed it. No. I mean, they're not like my favorite, but I definitely get down with it. That's or, how I felt. There's a great, and there's also that good, There's a, if you haven't seen it, there's a good documentary on Netflix that uh, Sam Dunn, who now has an awesome metal YouTube channel called Banger, but he had directed a few feature documentaries prior to that, um, one called Metal Headbanger's Journey, another one about Iron Maiden called Iron Maiden Flight 666, and he did a whole documentary called uh, Rush Beyond the Lighted Stage. It is on Netflix. Check it out if you want an intro to Rush. It's really good. So it's a good movie. Watch it several times, and a lot of pert, a lot of pert in there. He did good. have a very uh, specific hat style near yes. the end of his career. He became a very jazz, like 90s jazz. Yeah, it was like style. that skull cap. Yes. The situation where you run the thing all the way down to your... You're wearing one. I'm wearing one as an homage to... You wear it all the way down to your eyebrows and it just wears evenly across the head. It's like the the bowl cut of Mm -hmm. hats. Hmm, Yes. But you can pull it off when you can, you know, drum the way he drums, I guess. Exactly. Um, What else were we going to talk about? We were going to talk about other stuff. I forget. Uh, Has there been any more Star Wars? (laughs) (laughs) Not that I know of. There has not. Not that I know of. Um, I, I do know... You did mention this earlier, though, Kyle, is that you're you are leaving at some point. We talked yes, about this. We are. De- I will couple probably, weeks ago. I'll be departing mid February. So, because um, uh, my move to Los Angeles got pushed back a couple of weeks. So, um, but yeah. So we'll, there will definitely be at least a couple more podcasts with me on it before I evaporate That's into good. the ether Dude, that'd and be start nuts. If you evaporated and then you re you re. Evaporated oh, yeah. Cali- California, and if you and if, you if materialized if, in California. And uh, I was just showing off uh, to do everyone before. we clean up the puddle? The which puddle? If you evaporate. Like, do oh. we clean it up or does no, it it's fuck missed. it up on the other you, end? You, I just you, become missed. Yeah, I would fuck it up. He'd like show up and he'd only have like seven fingers. <laughs> be like, God, be like, damn it, Chase. Chase. <laughs> I've just assimilated part of Herman <laughs> who accidentally <laughs> got evaporated with me. And it's just the fly, but I'm slowly becoming Herm. Nice. If you want to know what Herm is, you can check out my Instagram at Mr. Kyle Bogart. Um... But I, I, we were, I was actually just showing you guys the camera that I bought and stuff. So, yes, I do plan on doing something on YouTube or doing something uh, podcast-related when I get there because I'm having too much fun doing this to stop. So there will be more, and you will hear about it on this channel, no doubt, because I will force you guys to, to, Damn right. to tell people I about can't it. I can't wait. Yes. Whoa, what? But it'll probably be Don't me talking poke. more about movies because I've gotten lots and lots of weird 
creepy stalkery messages on Instagram over the years telling people that uh, telling me that Cliff and you should just talk about movies on a podcast full time and I was like you know what we should figure something like that out so something forthcoming we have some ideas and That's we're going to be doing something I like that I get the other message oh yeah stop talking the, the, yeah. Cliff and Kyle should stop being on the podcast oh, oh, no, no. no no it's just Chase you shouldn't ever talk when Cliff and Kyle are talking <laughs> rude rude That's unbelievable what they say. I can't handle yeah. our fans so uh yeah, I guess I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's worth sort of talking about because there are a couple things upcoming like mm-hmm. the the uh, Heber and Marston's documentary, The Fittest, is going to be coming out at some point. Did you guys watch care. the fights hmm. last night? We did. Oh, yeah, okay. that's something oh, I did. Watching. I watched it as well on Twitter from the oh, toilet. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I thought the card was good until the last two fights, until the main events. I thought the main events were really boring. Yeah. Like the, the chick's main event was like... Yeah, right, kind of is, a boring this grind is a boring there. fight. And then the... The Connor and Cowboy fight was like, okay, that was a little bit anticlimactic. Well, I don't, wasn't it a first round? I didn't see it. Was it a climax? No, no, it was it an was, insane, it was a first, insane round first round destruction but, there. Because, but the thing is, is, all the damage was dealt by a fucking shoulder. Exactly. And a That's the crazy thing. There, I've never seen not, anything like that. It's not like it wasn't like a Ronda Rousey knockout where it's like, holy shit! It yeah. was just like. That, it's that like, did I, it. I, I disagree completely. It's he like broke that, his nose with his shoulder. Yeah, it's what? like the Anderson Silva front kick to the face. Yeah. No one had ever knocked anyone out with a front kick to the face. Oh, so he knocked pulled out off some sort of dope shoulder attack. So he basically no, no, that, that, I haven't seen anything. No, it I just woke so up. It, yeah. happened, Connor, it happened. twelve hours they, ago. They, they they approached each other. Connor went for a big left right off the bat. Uh-huh. Uh, Cowboy ducked it and went into a clinch, but didn't do a takedown. Connor changed levels and slammed him in the face with his shoulder like three or four times and broke his nose. Broke his nose, fucked up his eye with a fucking shoulder. Yeah, as he was disengaging, Connor hit him with a left kick to the face, which like stunned him. Interesting. Did you guys... uh, I don't know if it was in a post-fight interview or or something, but I saw on Instagram that Connor was like, yeah, so we did the the clinch and then I saw blood in in his right eye and I knew that'd fuck up his vision, so I threw the head kick just to see if it would hit and it fucking... That was it. That knocked him fucking dead, man. Hmm. That's pretty. That's 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 a killer instinct. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't. Listen, I'm not sick. saying it wasn't. That's some, I'm not saying it wasn't a good fight. I'm just saying it was really anticlimactic because we we got yeah. 40 seconds of action. And I waited. I, I was waiting the entire night for like a. You know. So you feel like any, you got honey dicked? For a me, bit. anything that isn't just five rounds followed by a decision, five exhausting rounds followed by a decision, because right. it's like that for me is a worst case scenario. Anything that finishes during the thing is entertaining. Either. Yeah, I mean, like I'm okay with decision fights as long as like it was the fights that happened previous in the night were all really good they were all the if they went to decision it was like you know not uh someone mopping the floor mm-hmm. with the other person it was very tight it was like yeah. oh this could go either way and if it didn't go to decision it was like usually within the second round yeah. or early in the third that it ended so you get like a lot of jockeying back and forth it just felt it felt like uh this was hyped up know. to be something. It felt like it was, it was hyped up to be something, sided. and it was like, yeah, mm-hmm. it was Connor just fucking schooling Cowboy. And I was like, what? Come on. Like, mm-hmm. we spent this entire... If anything, we spent- it was like a teaser for Connor's next fight, well, whatever it yeah, happens to be. I, I, I still... I, again, I felt really uh, invigorated by that ending because there had been so much anticipation and so <laughs> many unanswered questions leading up to this. Yeah, we didn't know if Connor was really back. Connor has not been performing very well. He's not had a victory in a long time. Since 2016. So since 2016. So seeing him come back, it's like, would he? Would the real Connor be there? Would he still be a threat in the division? Cowboys doing pretty well in the welterweight division. You know, what? And it's so much anticipation building to this moment and that he just destroys Cowboy and destroys Cowboy doing wacky, unorthodox things no one's ever done before. It's like, yes, Connor is back with an exclamation point, yeah. and now the future is exciting in Not the impressed. sport again. <laughs> uh, I mean, listen, it's cool. I, I, I never, I don't know if I ever really doubted that Connor was going to come back. I don't know, but I guess mm. so. I guess so. I don't know. Uh, he I, also I just, was looking kind of like a thick boy, wasn't he? Well, he's fighting at 170, man. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, so I just saw pictures because I, I really have been too busy for, to follow any fights or anything lately for obvious reasons. And so I really wasn't this morning. I just saw like I guess a still, and I was like, God damn, he looks just thick as hell. So one seventy, huh? That's a better. That feels healthier for for him than like a hundred and ten pounds or whatever he was yeah. cutting down. I mean, to he's been more. talking about going back down to one fifty five, but I think he's gonna stay at one seventy for a minute. Yeah, especially if he had a first round knockout. Yeah. Probably feeling pretty good at that weight. Probably. Probably yeah. feeling pretty good. He's like, give me Nate Diaz. I will tear him in half. <laughs> hey, I, I know something that I wanted to ask you guys. Why 
Why didn't Uncut Gems get nominated for anything? The, I do not know. Probably, that is the bizarre, bizarre thing. Uh, the it Oscar is probably because I, 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 I might be talking completely anti-Semitism in, yes, in the academy. Right, Anti-Semitism. It's probably because A twenty four is as much as we think of it as a big company is a much much smaller company, and they can't. A lot they of those can't do the politicking that you need. They can't do the politicking, so they have to rely probably with movies like Moonlight, which they had. I think it was an A twenty four. Yeah, it was an A twenty four movie and one Best Picture. They probably have to rely just on a lot of you know, critical praise and word of mouth and can't campaign as hard. And I think mm. that that might be evidence this year that, that the goodwill f- that was there for Moonlight to get that wasn't there for this. And unfortunately, a lot of those other movies just have... it's People, and I guess you're probably, when you lived in L.A., maybe Armin were more adjacent to this than I was, but it's kind of funny. People think that, that the Academy Awards, people go and see movies in theaters and then they just vote on the best movie in the Academy that they've seen that year. And that's, it's entirely these days about like these screeners that people get mailed and they you know get packages with DVDs in them and materials and they get them in the mail and they watch them at home mm-hmm. and then they vote on them and stuff. So it's like unless you really have the money to play that game, I just don't think there's... And yeah. I mean, beyond that, there's a lot of other campaigns. It's very, it's it's very it's like, yeah, that. it's very marketing-based and very political yeah. uh, for a lot of different reasons. The same reason why like you see... Uh, that sort of thing leak into like mm-hmm. who's being nominated and for what yeah. they, they kind of play like these political games with it yeah. a lot like if you're if you or someone you know is a member of some professional organization you know that they go to occasional conferences and things where imagine like you had to convince that small population of people to vote for a thing and unless you were actively campaigning to that small population of people like the other people are then it takes a lot hope. for that to happen. I still haven't seen Uncut Gems, and, and I really want to. It did kind of leave a bad taste in my mouth that, yeah. that uh, Peanut Butter Falcon wasn't nominated for anything. Yeah, that too. Oh, yeah, like, your, really bo- your boy's not, movie. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, Tyler's yeah. movie. is like, they didn't, get, they didn't get nominated for like Best Original Screenplay. Stuff, they, they did. And, and Directors Guild, they got nominated yeah. for Best Directors and Directors Guild. It's but like, it's probably the exact same, the same you, thing. You were telling me that it was very independent it's in how super, they released yeah. it and everything. And, and, it's con- and that's, that's, the, that's the trade-off, I guess. It's just the thing. So it's kind of a bummer, but... Yeah. I don't know. Who cares? That's the that's that the real lesson here is who gives a shit. So because much it like reveals... the music industry, it's the, it's the yeah. same thing in the film industry. That's right. shitty, man. It's Why do we have these awards? Yeah. It's really nice that among those films that are part of that game, that are playing that game, that are automatically part of that game, which are the studio movies, because Ford they have v them. Ferrari. Well, yeah, exactly. Or even, but even mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was a which was a Sony movie, uh, or even Joker, which was a Warner Brothers movie. It's like it's nice to see that some good movies were made this year by the studios and made money and are now being nominated for Best Picture. So that's cool that that is happening because that often just doesn't happen because quite frankly studios aren't making that many interesting movies anymore so or at least not that kind of movie so yeah Yeah. well Mm -hmm. fuck yeah man whatever but that's the thing it's like it's good it'll be good if once upon a time in hollywood wins but if 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 something doesn't get nominated it's like who cares it's like it's like a it's like it's like enjoy it what was that you can still you can still enjoy it i have to do that with the, the grammys every year yeah i don't really give a fuck that's right. There you go. Stupid. Mm-hmm. What else? It was. It was interesting. It's interesting to. See. <laughs> it's interesting that Joker got the most nominations of any film, which is so. It's, it's such an interesting U-turn from like six months ago when uh, everyone was like, uh, "I people were just were like." We're like trying to for, like deliberately forecast the failure of a movie. And again, I don't really have a horse in this race. I'm not a big Joker advocate. I did, I did like the movie. Um, but it's so interesting to people like, listen, this movie is unimportant and you shouldn't see it and it's dangerous and don't see it to suddenly a week, a six months later, it's nominated for 11 Academy Awards it's and it's made $200 million. And suddenly like that entire conversation, merely by virtue of the fact that it wasn't effective toward whatever short-term purpose it was to generate clicks or whatever has just been abandoned and we're not even talking about it really anymore it's no so, it's no longer a danger in the medicine yeah. society i think it will be i think it's going to rear its ugly head again and now that uh, especially especially because and i i really want to see little women greta gerwig seems awesome i really liked her last movie uh what's it the uh what was it called ah what was her last movie called i don't remember was the it fucking, with, with Sir, yeah lady, oh, Bird, lady, exactly. Bird. lady Bird was really really good mm. but there was quite a lot of uh quite a lot of angry little uh, articles written when she didn't get nominated for best director about well this is Obviously, there's been a lot of female nominees in, in recent years, but I have a feeling that 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 all that negative energy is going to start broadly and slowly dial its focus in on Joker, 
Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Irishmen. White men. Kind of, sort of, yeah. Or the, or I would say more the well, establishment, sure the establishment filmmakers returning who happen to be white and only, male. Only and, one of those filmmakers has a, has a decent kink. Yes. And that's not even that big of a deal, you foot fetishist. That's right. That's hardly even a thing. That's hardly even a thing. What yeah. am I, 12th grade? Yeah. 12, Isn't 12 Asian women and foot feet? Yes. That's both. It's like, it's like the Dave Chappelle combo. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> it's the, he's got the Chappelle. He's got the Chappelle combo going on. That was, did Chappelle have a foot thing? Was that a big thing? Then? Yeah, he had the whole like bit about mm-hmm. about his wife's feet. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not going to go into it. It's great. Dope. Either way, uh, that was a good episode, guys. Sure was. My was nipples it? feel healed. <laughs> I yes. think I think the just the masculine energy in this room healed my nipples. Talk very appealing. It's actually yeah. Cliff's deep baritone voice. It just massages <sighs> all. Oh, this is the best yeah. recovery I get all weekend. So sensitive. Yes, this is. Yeah. We're going to get better mics, and we're going to turn this podcast into a full a- ASMR experience. Not our voices, just the sound of Armin rubbing his nipples. That's <laughs> what it sounds like. <laughs> Yes, it sounds like the clip clop of horses. They're they're always sounds like, moved. It sounds like a tiny lumberjack sawing down a tiny tree in a dewy meadow. <laughs> Ugh. God, those sounds are disgusting, guys. Uh, yeah, let's wrap it up. Get your, get your social medias uh, out there. I'm at Mr. Kyle Bogart on the most sensual Instagram account on the internet. I'm at Cliff Bogart on the fattest Instagram account on the internet. You can find me at Chase504 on Instagram. And you can find me at Arm and Hammer TV. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening and watching. And uh, thanks for dealing with me and my chafed nipples. I, I promise I'll be healthier next. Healthier. Ne- healthier next. Get that man his money. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks folks. We'll see you guys next see time. See you next time. Bye.